This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora, I'm Ian Turner. Welcome to Garden of Sound. Today's guest is Sasha V. She's an R&B and soul singing jazz school graduate with an amazing international musical career and now runs the widely recognised performing arts school Soul Music Academy, taking musicians from the starting blocks through to performance and production. But there have been many roads not taken along the way. Are there still unfulfilled dreams for Sasha? Or will she be content to continue supporting others and growing the Soul Music Empire? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Sasha V on Plains FM 96.9. Sasha, can you tell me about the first time uh, you remember hearing music? Hearing my grandfather um, play on the piano and playing his um, favourite calypso rhythms and um, singing me some of the classic Calypso songs like Gene and Dinah and Georgie Podgie pulling in by kiss the girls and made them cry. Of Caribbean heritage, mm. your grandfather, how did he find his way to New Zealand? He was a, um, a West Indian cricket player. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So does cricket still run in the family? Is it still Absolutely. Yeah. My brother is um, playing for, has played for Canterbury and now um, the Wellington Wizards and Every season goes over to England and plays county cricket, so he's doing really well. So the Calypso rhythms, did that sort of inform your musical tastes somewhat growing up? Or what were, what were mum and dad listening to? Yeah, obviously mum was influenced by that style of music as well. She spent time in the West Indies um, growing up. I think we're naturally drawn to soul music and um, more contemporary music. We didn't really have rock at all in the house I think dad was probably more of a rocker but um mum was <laughs> but then he was probably more into like the eagles and like all that sort of stuff and so it's very much like vocal um harmonies, harmonies um you know rather and and just easy listening music and then jazz obviously have you spent any time in the um Caribbean not yet really I know okay. it's just painful I was going to ask you how your patois uh, was I mean, oh, can, you, can you do it sort of a, a decent terrible. version? Terrible. No, do not have any skills in that whatsoever. When did you discover sort of musicality? Did someone else point it out to you, or did you all of a sudden sort of realise that you could do music? I think um, I always loved music. I was more of a dancer, so I did lots of dancing growing up. And um, because my family was really sporty and music was just like a fun thing that we did, I don't think I ever thought about it as a career until um, I was 14 and I had an uh, ankle injury from netball and I was out for six months and I was playing saxophone at the time. Okay. Randomly. And uh, I, did, I figured that <laughs> I could make it into the jazz band quicker if I sang. So I auditioned and... It kind of went from there, and then I won a competition, and then people start every performance that we were doing. The St Andrews Jazz Band um, was fantastic for getting the students out and performing in different places under Michael Lawrence, and uh, yeah, just everyone I seemed to encounter were, oh, you should do this. This should be your thing, and you'll go so far. And so I had a lot of those comments, and so I don't, I 
think that's what fed what I was doing and maybe I wasn't so sure on what I was going to do and it just kind of like went from there. You say you're not sure. So did you want to do it or were there other aspirations? Did you want to get back on the, the netball court? Yeah, or? I don't know. I think I, I realised I wasn't getting any taller so netball wasn't going to work out. <laughs> and I was also really clumsy and just doing my ankle in every other week. So um, dancing probably wasn't going to be a goer either because I, you know, have a fuller figure. So I was just like, okay, well, that's probably not going to happen. Um, and I think I got all the compliments and everything from my arts. My study was like pretty average student. I worked my butt off, but I still really only got like, you know, average grades. But I was kind of good at everything. Mm-hmm. I think that was the issue. Like I could is just a, is it a Jane of all trades kind yeah, of situation? Yeah, absolutely. I was I was I'm creative and I'm got a business mind and I'm I'm good with logistics and I'm good with you know organisation and I'm good with people and I'm you know it just there was just so many things that um, I'm blessed to have had that kind of balance. But at the same time, I don't. <laughs> sometimes I'm like I wish I was just like extremely creative so that I could just be like doing art all day and forget to eat but I like always want to eat you know what I mean (laughs) you know so I'm like there's like the two sides of my brain that are you know um I've got that balance which is great but sometimes I do wonder whether I could be like more bright or more (laughs) creative that sounds really silly but it feels like you're doing quite well we are sitting in a very well put together um soleil uh, Academy Soul Soul Yeah I love that Soul I'm um, you know Not someone influenced But um, I was thinking Do re mi fa Soul le ti do Oh wow Okay now I'm thinking More like Soul Exclusive ah. um, One and only Yeah um, You know It's got so many And also It's a bit of a play On words too Because I'm a soul singer So mm. um, it's spelled S-O-L-E That's why you got The Soul le. But um, I'm going to yeah. jump Right ahead, because it is the the right time to talk about it. Um, when did the idea for supporting others come into come into your head? Was it a long time ago? Has it been a recent, think, relatively recent thing? I think I have always been really interested in and inspired by the institutes that I've been to. Um, you know, whether it was dancing or um, you know, jazz school, or I've taught a lot overseas, so in Japan and also in, I spent six years in Holland and time in, in England as well. So everywhere I've gone, I've kind of taught somewhere, been inspired by all of those institutes and always had this kind of sideline thing in my head. I want to do some kind of performing arts school of some kind and um, knew that that was going to be the next thing after just f- solely focus on being an artist. So... Um, yeah, I, I came back to Christchurch after a six-year stint in Europe and I was meant to be moving to LA, just had a, a meeting with Motown Records, which went really, really well. And I was had a manager lined up and she was super supportive and probably the, probably the one manager I'd met over my years that I felt like, yeah, this is it. Her father looked after the state of Tupac and Biggie um, and it's interesting. a lot of connections over there. So I was like, this is it. But unfortunately at the time I was suffering from glandular fever, mm. you know, six years away from home, being an artist full time is really, really hard work. 
and I didn't have a massive team around me. I have like labels in different places, but I didn't have like a full-time manager or I was, I'm just self-managed. And so I think keeping all of that off the ground plus doing the art itself and just staying motivated was, um, is really hard. And I think you always need to have like something else to kind of keep your mind active. Otherwise you just get so stuck and, and, you know, mental illness can be quite prevalent. So my body decided for me, actually, my body was like, nah, you need a break. So yeah. Looking back, how do you feel about that now, that road not taken or not able to be taken? I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. Like I think I was, as an artist, I was also doing a lot of soul searching and, you know, I hit 30 and I was like, what the <laughs> like, you know, I I think what happens, you know, people starting out in the arts or being in the arts, the issue with it is that it's either like everything or nothing. You aim for the very top. Um, and so I think that's really hard. like you have to aim for the top, but only very few people get to that stage where they can just be like, you know, jet playing around that plane, yep. playing around the world. And so but that's our ideal. That's what we think it is. You know, so, but actually getting to um, a point where you can just, you know, pay your bills is actually totally awesome as well. But then you're always searching for that extra bit as an artist, I think. Like if you study to be an accountant or like a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, you don't necessarily think I'm going to be the best doctor in the whole world. You don't. You know, yeah. I'm going to be the best. Accountant, accountant, council be the worker, best gosh in the darn whole drain way. layer, and all of Christchurch, and the whole world, you know. So it's just like, sure, you want to be good at your craft, but you don't set yourself to be like the very best in the world, right? So I think that um, the expectations as an artist you put on yourself is like huge. When actually, if you can just pay your bills and get by and um, be working on your creative projects, that's pretty. Awesome. That's amazing, really, you know. So LA doesn't happen. What was the first inkling of, okay, I'm going to do the academy. I'm going to support. I'm going to help. I'm going to pay some bills doing what I love. My music is, um, the music that I've released so far is um, supports my income, which is really cool. Um, so I've done over 35 releases, different um, projects, um, probably more than that, actually. My biggest project was in, in Poland. and um, You do get around. Yeah, that's my biggest fan base is in Poland, and I have um, two platinum records in, in Poland, from Poland. Wow. Collaboration. So I have that income coming in Are from my songwriting. English language releases? Yeah, okay. but Polish rapper. Okay. So hip-hop. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Another conversation. But then, obviously, what do I do here? There's not as many shows. Um and I was just aiming for bigger shows and also I'd been away from New Zealand for so long I had to kind of build my name again it was a little bit of a bummer at the start actually because I was just like oh, you know I've done all this stuff overseas but it just seems to be not recognized and the next best things coming through and yeah to be booked for for tours uh, for festivals and for you know looked upon in your releases you really need to be consistently releasing and be prevalent in the market uh that was like a little bit few far in between so I thought I always wanted to do this performing arts school thing so why don't I just do it now and be doing both rather than wait till I'm 50 and then do it you know that's I kind of had it in my mind I'll do it later on in life 
I'm going to stop you right there because it is time for some music. Oh, okay, and cool. Then we can come back and we can see the burgeoning Soul uh, Academy. Influence-wise, if we're going all the way back, we've got some very uh, sort of Calypso styles uh, at least. Um, and you've mentioned so many different varieties of music from Motown to even Polish uh, rap. Is there a particular artist who you feel may have influenced uh, your style? Yeah, definitely. Um, I th- there's a few, but I guess the, the, the one lady that I discovered um, during my jazz school years even though she's not jazz, but she's heavily influenced, I guess, um, is Jill Scott, and she's a neo-soul artist. Um, I'm so yet to see her performing live. Any one of her songs are are a major influence on me, Um, but I guess um, probably (laughs) the song that I have sung to death and um, sang every single weekend at Sammy's Jazz Review and Fat Eddie's and all the rest of it went back in my um, Bar Days is um, A Long Walk by Jill Scott.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Sasha V on Plains FM 96.9. Sasha, before we get back into the story of um, how Soul Academy came to be, um, I just want to talk about favourite gigs, at least. Can you remember the first big gig that you attended as possibly a young person? Yeah. I'm going to say Stevie Wonder. Amazing. Where was this? I'm going to say it's definitely not the first big gig, but it's probably like a massive influence in terms of like mum and dad are huge fans and uh we got they forked out and got like front um tickets so we were like right at the front of the the show and um it was just absolutely incredible just to just to kind of understand how many number ones (laughs) how many so like you know 30 seconds one minute of and it just went on and on and on for like two and a half hours and you're just like Oh my gosh, I know all these songs. And for and how long he's been doing it. Yeah. Which is amazing. How old were you when you saw that? I was actually a little bit older, so I'm cheating. Yeah. But I think I was like late teens. Okay. Early. Now that's that's enough to inform you because I'm just wondering when you talk about a tremendous body of work that a performer such as Stevie Wonder has, and I'm getting that feeling with the amount of releases you say, 35 different projects you've worked on. Do you feel yeah. like... That's something that sort of spurred you on. I want to do more. I want to do better. I want to. Be I think oh, absolutely. I feel like I wish that was thirty-five albums because that would be more like what Stevie's done of my own, you know. Or, or like if you think about someone like Dolly Parton. I mean, she's just. I watched her documentary recently, and it's just incredible. So I think I always saw myself as a singer, and it wasn't until um, probably my mid, early to mid twenties that I was like oh, I can write songs, you know, and oh, I'm actually all right at writing songs. And then that, that that part of me started growing. So it's only really been in the last 10 years that I've been focused on being a songwriter. Um, I featured on a lot of different projects um, and realized that helped my me as a, as a solo performer spread my tentacles everywhere. Drum and bass with State of Mind, a couple of releases on their albums. Um, I've done hip-hop. Featured on Pacific Heights with Devin Abrams, um, some other Kiwi rappers. I've done some um, hip hop in in Holland, and also in Poland. And then my own style is neo soul. And then recently we are branching out to electronic music, um, so house music. And is there anything you've done that's been out of your comfort zone? Yeah, Classical never, never done rock. Country, country, country. I. Like seriously, despise country until recently. <laughs> okay, <tell laughs> now I'm, I'm actually, I don't know. I just never grew up on it. I'm just like, 
it just didn't do anything for me. And that was the same with pop music. I was just like, like that is just not for me. But um, in the just becoming a songwriter and really delving into that area in the last 10 years, like I say, um, and I signed a song songwriting deal in, in Holland. So I had a lot of time working with producers and doing in, in, in working in pop and electronic and getting to the hook and having to like really, really define what you're singing about and and all that sort of stuff. Whereas the earlier stuff that I wrote for my first release was like neo soul and very like just about the vibe and the feeling, not about the message so much or the story. Or the construction. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And so and that obviously came from the jazz influence as well, being like very improvised and the Free verses form. don't be, need to be the same yeah. and, you know. So I think getting in more into the contemporary world and understanding that and then then I started to really appreciate um, um, recently country music as I'm working with a country um, singer, mm-hmm. um, one of my artist development students, Miranda Easton. And so um, that that is just, yeah, from a songwriter point of view, I've fallen in love with more my more music you might agree and i might be putting words in your mouth there isn't really that much difference between country and r&b it's all just a vibe really or how you put yeah, it out yeah yeah i guess um it's all very emotionally based generally i th- yeah absolutely except country music is about the story so it r- always has like a really really strong story whereas r&b and soul and um is kind of more like you know I love you. Um, I'll do everything I'm like, for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very much. And um, about that vibe and that feeling and that mm. good feeling. And whereas it's quite interesting now because R&B is really prevalent in pop music now because pop often has a, a, a like a pre-chorus and it never used to have a pre-chorus. So that's the influence that's true. from R&B. Yeah. Mm. Um, I want to get back to the Academy at least. You have a tremendous amount of uh, skill and ability and drive and passion and knowledge. And you talk about fingers and pies or tentacles, at least. When did you open for business or when did it become uh, a going concern in Christchurch, the academy? I think when I came back from overseas and I started doing some research on the type, I had a vision in my mind, but I, I just wanted to kind of really hone like exactly why where um you you know soul's unique and what is it about soul that is going to um you know stand out and i realized that um there are a lot of musicians um and a lot of arts people in general actually who are completely lost and even if you go and do a music degree you still come out and you're like hang on a minute I i wanted to be the singer i wanted to be the artist i wanted to have this career and you're just no better off, really, other than like better, you know, you've got more skills. Some people really do, like I really benefit from going and doing a degree. But then who knows, maybe I I was a 16-year-old carrying around my CD. If I had more business people on the ground who, who knew about the music business, maybe I wouldn't have done a music degree. Maybe I would mm. have already been performing and releasing and doing that. So I realized that the, 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 there was a gap a massive gap, and that was the gap into the music industry. So Soul's main mission is to bridge the gap mm-hmm. and also provide skills in singing, songwriting, and producing. So that's why we're sitting in one of our really cool studio pods. Which is beautiful um, and well kitted out. Yeah, so just trying to create that modern approach 
and what I have witnessed overseas in that very fast world of songwriting and producing and um, you know making two or three cuts a day cuts are releases so um, over here in New Zealand it's just so slow in terms of songwriting and and you know because you mainly work with bands and that's great and then it's like this big cost to like record and um, oh and then how do we even release this and how do we put this out and you know oh we need a manager oh there's no managers and you know so it's just this ongoing like thing yeah over here putting brick walls up yeah yeah I'm trying to kind of counteract all of that and and basically follow on a little bit from what Chart was doing um, for Christchurch so becoming that music industry hub for Christchurch um, but also providing um, a contemporary music school because mm-hmm. we're really good at jazz and mm. really good at classical, mm-hmm. but there's no focus on contemporary. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually... Not even at music arts? Um, yeah, obviously you can get a degree in, in contemporary music, but I, th- I think that for people that um, feel like they don't necessarily need to do a degree, um, or, I mean, I meet students, people all day, every day. And honestly, the most interesting thing about this job and probably most frustrating thing is that everyone is different, Mm. completely different. Everyone's on their own different journey. And it's a wonderful thing at the same time. It is. But so sometimes I get someone that comes in and plays me a whole set of songs and they're amazing. And I can see them in the market and I know exactly what they need to do. And? And so they wouldn't need to necessarily need a degree. I see. Okay, so they're right. Okay. That's an ideal scenario. Yeah. And then there's some people that just don't really have the skills quite there or they haven't really, like, grown up enough or they don't have enough, like, direction. They don't know their identity or what they want to do or all those sorts of things. So that's where I would be like, you can totally find that here. Or if you want to spend time... Um, and and focus on getting a degree if you want to then become a teacher or whatever you want to do with that then go and spend some time and 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 get a degree so it really depends on on where you're at in life like you might be a 35 year old lawyer that is just like you know what I really wanted to actually you know I was a really skilled musician and really really amazing singer when I was younger and I actually really wanted to you know try that again do you so, turn anyone away? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm. It's not a numbers game for me, you know. So I we've, we've got enough students. We've got 120 students right now, which is great. And um, so I want to have people here who are passionate and who are really work and are want respect. Be, yeah. yeah, respectful of the mentors and what they've um, done. All our mentors are musicians in their own right, and that's part of the whole program that we are inspiring. The students with um, our own releases and what we've done uh, it's it may not be right for some people but it's just you know making sure that I create an environment for all the students to feel like this is like really humming and creative and you know yeah it's time for some music cool uh, so we're gonna go into a favorite track I do say all-time fave sometimes but current fave is also exciting mm. Anything that's been going through one's ears exciting you? Oh, so much music lately. This is a really hard one. But for some reason, this track is coming to my head, even though I'm sure there's plenty of others. But um, Laura Maluva, and I really can't remember the name of the track. But I just, if I think about 
the idea of doing another album. I just love the um, the blend of the orchestra and um, her style of music. She's a UK artist, and the song is still song title is still not coming to my head. But I think it's <clears throat> this one. <laughs> when your heart is broken down, 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 and your head don't reach the sky, take your broken wings and fly. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Sasha V on Plains FM 96.9. When was the first time you got into a recording studio to sing or perform, Mm. record? Um, I was 16 and we were doing a CD for for school. Is this um, in Christchurch? mm -hmm. Uh Do you remember the name of the studio? Uh, No, but the guy that recorded it is a really famous voiceover guy now and I can't remember. 
going to kill me. Um, but he's been winning all these amazing awards and he's now based up in a little hut above Auckland somewhere. Toby Ricketts. Yes. There you go. Awesome guy. And so, yeah, and then it just kind of went from there. Studio to studio, I started um, working with um, hip-hop artists and um, also did a lot of work with Oval Office um, at, after jazz school. And What did jazz school give you that you look back on fondly? How did it sort of set you up for the world? I think for anyone that is going to be working with bands – it's great because you're, you know, you're working six hours a week in your combo session, which is awesome. Um, so I think for people that are, are, are yeah, musicians and, and bands, then that's a place to go. I was a jazz musician, so their jazz program is, is amazing. So I think for jazz, it's a, it's a great, great institute. Well, how much group stuff is there at Seoul? Yeah, so um, what we do, a lot of um, our sessions are um, uh, individual, but we um, are trying to build our, our groups up and trying to uh, really um, get people collaborating. So that's the biggest thing for me is, is getting the producers out of their bedrooms and getting them here to Seoul and working with the amazing singers that we have here. And so we have we've got these studios set up so that in our songwriting sessions and in our producing sessions, we have um, you know a couple of hours where they we team them up and they just recording and writing, and so it's all happening quite quickly. So looking back to that sixteen-year-old going into the studio to record something for for school, is there anything you would say to to young Sasha um, that you would do differently? I think at that time there was nothing for me. Like literally, the only option was jazz school. You know, um, there was no music industry down here. Like there was no support. I would be really, really excited, 16-year-old, if I knew that there was a place like Soul Music Academy. How many years ago did you start Soul? I started two years ago in a studio at the piano. So it's only been that recent. I was under the impression it had been a number of years. No. Wow. Okay. No, we were there for in there and then um, got the opportunity to move into this beautiful building. And so I've just done my um, first commercial for fit out off my own bat, mm-hmm. my own money, mm-hmm. plus an amazing Pledge Me campaign that was successful. Yeah. And so that's why we're able to have these amazing, amazing gear. Where did the majority of the support um, within Pledge Me, where did that come from? Friends, family, music lovers, um, the industry up in Auckland. I've got quite a few contacts up there that were really supportive of what I'm trying to do down here. Yeah. So, um, Increasingly, yeah. artists seem to rely on these funding campaigns to get their projects mm. off the ground. Mm. Is that the way that it should be? I think that you need money to start a business. Mm-hmm. So however you make that money is up to you. Mm-hmm. I think a short and fast way to get some money under the belt is there's lots of funds out there, um, creative funds that can help. Um, but also family and friends would love to help you as well. I think that's, uh, I didn't realize how much it was really that um, with those campaigns. And I think um, if it wasn't for this type of project, which is kind of a very much of a community, something great for Christchurch, something new, something exciting in a beautiful old building that's being renovated. I think all of those elements made my campaign successful. Mm-hmm. I think if I was just doing it for myself personally, mm-hmm. I, I feel a bit more uncomfortable about it. Okay. I think that I'm the type of person that will want to earn the money 
like go and get the three jobs yep you know yep and put music aside for six months and just earn the money that I need to put my project out, you know? When you talk about people, or at least I said people putting blocks in their way, oh, don't have a manager, don't know where to go, don't know what to do, and that kind of thing, is this a, a New Zealand complaint uh, or issue at least where you don't want to put yourself out there? You don't want to say, give me the money? I think it's worldwide. I think that um, the massive gap between the just being a skilled musician and actually breaking into the industry is worldwide problem. Yeah. Um, I think especially in New Zealand, it's harder because you actually literally there's no industry, so you need to self-manage. Mm-hmm. So um, And work a day job most of the time. Absolutely. And I would actually recommend that, to be honest, because I think having that balance of your brain, like if you were just full-time muso in your room, studio, not yeah. collaborating, ugh, horrible, yeah. don't do it. I think it's important to have hobbies and other things or day job or just something else that you, you know, that actually um, as you're starting out, most importantly, that gets your rent paid, gets your food paid, your daily whatever. So that could be just even a part-time job, two or three days a week, get that done. And then you have the rest of the week to focus on your music or focus on your art. And that way you're, the pressure of survival is off. And, um, yeah, you're able to actually function and you get that time out in the community doing whatever you're doing, meeting people, gathering experiences to actually write about. You know, so... <laughs> I think um, having a balance in your life um, is really important. It's time for some more music. And I want to hear something uh, that you've put together. Uh, before the show, we talked about a producer that you'd worked with in, in Holland. Can you tell me a bit about this? Yeah. So I just thought I'd play you the most recent um, release, which I was really excited about working on with this amazing Dutch producer called Moods, M-O-O-D-S. Um, he's a really young guy. I think he's probably only about 24. Um, and he is just doing some really cool um, music, um, predominantly electronic soul, very soulful. Um, and, yeah, we got to work together on it. And about a year later, which was early, well, mid-year last year, I think, it was released. I think it was last year. <laughs> anyway, it's called Better For You. Oh, 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Sasha V on Plains FM 96.9. Um, Sasha, uh, eight tutors, 120 students, considerable investment, amazing support. Um, where to next? What's going what's gonna to happen with the, with the academy? I think there's two sides of it. I think it's like that we have this academy, um, but also that if we can provide a music industry hub for Christchurch, you know, where um, Christchurch musicians and um, can actually also come and use a facility. Just trying to tie in like cool events. This, This facility here is just incredible. We have an outdoor stage. As soon as the top floor um, sells, we get the theatre back. There's going to be 12 loft apartments behind here and then below another eatery, like a little high. Fantastic. So it's going to be like a cool little hub where, yep. where creators can come and, you know, be learning and producing and songwriting and then going and grab a bite and whatever. So, you know, it's like cool, hopefully a cool cool vibe here. Definitely medium-sized steps or at least one thing at a time. Um, do we want to get soul into other parts of the country? Oh, my gosh. I know that's a big ask. Well, it's it's really interesting because I developed this business idea from my own personal experience. It's really true and honest and and quite a raw passion of mine. That would be a really exciting idea, although it makes me feel very stressed thinking Mm. about it because it's been such hard work to get to this point. Mm. And I really hope that the current climate, we can get through what's happening. Um, I think that music is super important for mental health. And I think that... It would be unfortunate if we lost students because of financial situations and things. So we will be doing our very best to make sure that um, we have a contingency plan that, that covers all of that mm-hmm. and make sure that people still have music in their lives, I think, during this time. What about Sasha, the individual, the performer? Yeah. What about your own stuff? I had to really put my ego aside um, <laughs> a couple of years back <laughs> and... Um, I'm very much the type of person that tries to do everything at one time and I realised that if I really wanted to make a good go of soul, I had to really just put Sasha V mm-hmm. aside and really focus on getting this business up and running with the the um, thought of once it's humming, I can then put aside a couple of days for my artistry. Although I am writing every single day and yeah. singing every single day, um, just not necessarily for myself. And- so much, I guess, influence, sound, amazing, amazing. things around you every it day. It is amazing to be sitting and and conversing and you know and hearing music coming from all the five rooms and and the teachers who would normally be teaching from their home, um, and now have got a really cool space that they can come and work on their own things um, as well as we just have coffee and chat and talk about our students and how we can make it better and it's so exciting because it's it's there's just you know we're creating this new innovative way of you know working like there are so many amazing teachers in town like there really are we have we've got amazing music teachers in town so in terms of getting your own stuff out there is there a label on the way I'm trying to <laughs> not go too far into it yet, but we do have bespoke development program and an artist development program, which naturally would lead on to management and bookings mm-hmm. and obviously a soul label to release their music. Yeah. So, you know, providing that one-stop shop where you can be literally a beginner mm-hmm. and go right through process. to recording, you know, releasing 
and becoming the artist that you dreamed of. It's pretty exciting to be supporting um, people doing that. In terms of people that have uh, gone through or are still going through the process, um, anyone sort of out there that's you know got some good stuff going on? One of our um, success stories is Nat and Jono. Mm-hmm. Um, they are beautiful songwriters and <clears throat> and we were able to release their music and um, I think we did three consecutive singles and I've had over 100k um, streams so far with their music. Not bad for 16, 17 year olds mm-hmm. just starting out in Christchurch. Mm-hmm. Um, they are been in features in New Zealand Music Magazine. They've opened for um, different artists in Christchurch and um, and yeah, they are have a presence online mm-hmm. and that's the most important. I've got a platform now yeah. to launch from, to carry on moving from. So um, that was our job. And I mean, the next step, yeah, is to manage and head down that road. Um, at the moment, we're just focused on making sure that the systems and the academy itself is running well and yep. the courses are great. And, and you're not exposed to situations or circumstances beyond your control. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we have reached the end of the interview because there's only a certain amount of time that we can sort of hear about the amazing things you've been doing. Um, I would love to hear a track from um, one of the one of the folks that you're working with currently. Sure. Anyone that you can sort of offer up? Yeah, absolutely. We've we're um, one of our artist development students that we're very excited about is Madeline Howard, and she's a, a pop artist, singer songwriter. Been working with one of our mentors, Will McGillivray, who's the lead singer of Nomad. And um, he's just done a beautiful job of her debut EP that we'll be releasing singles from in the, in the coming months. And so I'd love to share um, her debut single. It's called No More. Thank you so much. Songs on the radio aren't enough 
Thanks so much for being here today. My guest was Sasha V. Head along to gardenofsound.nz and click on Sasha's picture on the front page to check out links to Soul Music Academy, as well as their social media and a bespoke Spotify playlist of almost all the tracks we heard today. All right, that's all for Garden of Sound. I'd love to have you back next Friday. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Hi there, darling.